This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good people at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood. You can still buy one, get one free at the Hollywood Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. All thanks to this podcast. All you have to do is head over to the front desk and you tell them that Dr. Pulaski is your favorite character. That's right, because we're in season two... Ripley's has generously tra- changed the promo code to say, Dr. Pulaski is your favorite. Uh, tell them Matt and Andy sent you, and tell them that you'd like to live long and prosper. So head over to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, check out the auditorium, and you can buy one, get one, for the month of August. And stay tuned for September, when Weird Wednesdays start kicking in. Ooh, here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Y'all ready for this? That's right, Andy. Star Trek, the next conversation is back. I was getting my jersey on. <laughs> we are ready to go here. We are waiting again. We're, we're calf deep in season two of Star Trek The Next Conversation. Well, generation and conversation, I suppose. Just thought we'd kick things off with the theme from Space Jam. Y'all ready for this? Your Star Trek TNC. Hailing from New York, New York, weighing in at 100 and some odd pounds, ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him, give it up for your starting forward, Andrew Secunda! (laughs) Here he is, from Boston, Massachusetts, (laughs) your captain... And point guard, Matthew <laughs> Myra. We did it. <laughs> Weighing in at 270 pounds. I wasn't going to make a guess. It's okay. <laughs> Either way, I was winning a stuffed animal. You see, you pay them to guess the weight, Andy. Sure. And what you're paying them is more than the stuffed animal they give you in their wrong costs. You are really blowing apart those, those carnies. Always trying to get our money. <laughs> All right, that's the. Uh, I just like to get a little more annoying each week. It, uh, it has been noted. <laughs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> we've uh, we've gotten a lot of mentions in our in our hails this week about the uh, the Britney Spears uh, uh, run. I mean, what are you gonna do? And, you you uh, fuck up. I have to do it. I don't. Uh, we'll see about that, buddy. But uh, <laughs> oh, Andy's shooting for a perfect game. Um. Are we get? 
Is it? Is it? What is that? Oh, that's, that's a, an airplane. That's an airplane. <laughs> you were doing a new sound. Um, so, uh, are we just getting right into it, Matt? Or what are we doing? Uh, you know, I think we can just tell people, uh, buckle up. We're 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 gonna. Uh, are, do we have a Admirals Club? Because if we don't have an Admirals Club this week, that's fine. We can get to them next week. No, we always have an Admirals Club. Oh, well, who's the Admiral? Uh-huh. Seems like someone might not be ready with this, which is kind Good of like a fuck-up. <sighs> he saved it. There you go. Um, we have lots of Admirals this week. Uh, one from Australia. Ooh. Uh, Boxcar Josh writes us, best <laughs> TV review show podcast yet. Finally, it's here. What X-Files, X, uh, what X-Files Files did for X-Files, what Gilmore Guys did for Gilmore Girls, um, and what Y-Carly did for I-Carly. Uh, Star Trek Next Gen Conversation continues the trend of awesome weirdos talking about, hey, uh, about the mind-numbing minutia of their favorite shows. Can't get enough. Um, let's see, from Canada, uh, from Vrorick. Mm-hmm. Move over Chris Hardwick, Matt Myra, and Andy Secunder, the new Kirk and Bones. Oh. I will let you two fight over who gets to be Kirk. Pretty sure Matt wants to be Picard. Am you know I wrong what? about that? I would love to be Picard, but if I had to pick someone out of the uh, original series crew and we're not we're in, and if we're leaving Scotty out, I'm I'm, I'm taking uh-huh. I'm taking McCoy. You would make a great Scotty. I would make a fantastic Although Scotty. I would probably make a better McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'd both make we'd basically both We're be both McCoys, McCoy. sure. We're both we're both angry and don't want to be in space. Absolutely. Uh, from I already read that one. Uh, right in the strike zone hey. says B Dog. Five stars. I listened to. Uh, I started to listen for the ten minutes of on topic commentary in each episode. I stayed because of Andy's theories. Um, I think we're awful. I think we're on topic a lot. I feel like that's just sarcasm. I don't. Oh, okay. uh, maybe he really means. I mean, because like you know, if you take a podcast like say a, uh, you know, Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs, where Kevin Smith and I try to talk about Frasier. Sure. Uh, that's more 4% of the time we actually talk about Frasier. Oh, really? It's yeah. not that much on, on point? No, a lot. Of, we talk about Terminator quite a bit. Well, I, maybe, I feel like I should be on the We're both big fans of the franchise. <laughs> oh, love Terminator. Uh, anyway, moving on. An objective... If you if you were offended by that one, this one will... You'll enjoy this one. An objective review from B underscore Z underscore... Two most annoying vo- voices in broadcasting, he says. <gasps> oh, no. But Did you he know put what? a period or an, a question mark? Uh, a period. Nope. He was, it was a statement, my friend. There was no room for argument. When was that one posted? Uh, August 2nd. Oh, he's going off of my tweet. Oh, did you encourage someone to? No, I tweeted that that someone had left that same review. For <laughs> for Matt and Dory's excellent adventure, of course. Um, so he's grouping me in with your hell. But he left a five star review. Uh, you know what? That BZ? asshole. That asshole on the other side of things left a one star review. Oh, there you go. So you know what? BZ, you're in the admirals. Club. It's clearly more important to you to be an admiral in the in the show that annoys you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, whatever the case, we welcome any critique as long as you leave us a five star review. <laughs> Matt and Andy save Netflix, says JC in New Hampshire. Okay, five stars. My wife and I recently reviewed which of the sixteen paid streaming services we actually needed. Uh, and for the first time, we ever put uh, Netflix on the bubble, which is interesting. Oh, on In the, the end, what kept Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, out of the poorhouse was Matt and Andy. 
We need hot and cold running Trek episodes to keep up with the boys, and Netflix is the best way to get them. That's true. This podcast is a glorious transporter accident of comedy that fatally merged the patterns of two hilarious television writers. Oh. A Star Trek technical manual and a malfunctioning radio soundboard. <laughs> and it was a smoking pile of fun. Reed, Matt and Andy are really doing you a solid here. <laughs> And you should return the favor with a sponsorship. Agreed, Reed. Come on. That's very true. They could crush if they just sponsored some television podcasts. I agree. They finally, you know, have some have some eyes on that thing. Uh, oops, I did it again from Janet Jackson's arm. Uh-huh. I'm a Janet Jackson fan, and I don't... Oh, I don't understand that reference. Not for me to know. Very good. Anyway, she just says, or he just says, 9.5 Andes. Um, oh, thank you very much. Uh, which I guess is equivalent to five stars. Um, the best worst Star Trek podcast. I thought this was a good slogan for our. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are the best worst. We're the top of the worst. Uh, or we're the worst of the best. Let's go with one more admiral. Who's gonna make it? Who's our final no, all, admiral of the week? We're all done. That's all I. Can. Oh, no one. <laughs> um, you could have gotten in this week had uh, you written a five. Oh no, we yeah. have we have other ones. I, I had to. Oh, you didn't. Those are the ones you. These pulled. are the most those entertaining the... ones. Oh, However, we do have some more United Federation of Planets presidents. No oh. way. That's right, um, Carl. Rod or Raid. I hope I'm pronouncing your. I, I believe it's Rod. Chances it's, are you're, Andy's not pronouncing it. R A A D E. What would you do with R-A-A-D-E. that? R A A D E. Yep. I'd pronounce it the same way. Rod. Raid. Raid. All right. There you go. Um, uh, he sent or us, maybe it's Raid. Could be. Oh, who knows? He sent us a gift of $28.93, so numbered, for the USS Stargazer, Picard's first command. Thanks for an enjoyable show. Admiral Spazticus Prime. Thanks, pal. (laughs) Um, Now, I kind of want to skip ahead, if you will allow it. I will allow it. To play a uh, couple of uh, Google voicemails that um, were pertinent to uh, a lot of the doings on the uh, on the show last week. Uh, now, as 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 we have discussed, you know there was watching a lot of- Andy's eyes dart around the computer <laughs> monitor as he panics to try to find whatever he's there looking for. There is no panic. I have already given up on life, um, <laughs> but I am trying to do a good job. Um, and there may be something about that. Anyway, uh, this is from our friend Christopher clement i think i locked that in right that name um and here you go gentlemen christopher clement here you may remember uh, me no, from clement. such hits as hailing frequencies closed good job chris so for all that is good and lovely and pure and wonderful in this world for the love of everything please no more Britney Spears. <laughs> I really enjoyed the, uh, the characterization on that. Um, many people, I will say, really got a tickle out of Britney Spears and uh, and especially our dueling Britney Spears when we were both screwing up. Um, but uh, by and large, uh, there were a lot more uh, voicemails like this, which I think you would enjoy because he's from. It's from one of your countrymen. Hi, this is Ryan from New Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm just calling to say that you guys really need to chill out with this bubblegum pop stuff. I'm in traffic the other day listening to the podcast, and all of a sudden, I just heard this blasting through my speakers. 
I had to skip ahead in the podcast because I was so embarrassed. I just wanted everyone around me to know that I was listening to a podcast about a 30-year-old science fiction show. <laughs> a plus on the accent. That is a that is a that is a true New Englander right it there. It was really satisfying. It really puts you in the mind of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean of the of the area. Um, so here I that was all a setup for this. Um, one of the other members of the uh, the new United Federations of United Federation of Planets President Circle is Lawrence Boucher B O U C H E R. What would you do? Boucher. Boucher. Or Boucher. All right, there you go. He sent us seventeen dollars and one cent. That's correct. Oh, beautifully done, sir. And uh, he says, guys, love the pod. The booch. It's li- the booch. <laughs> Good old Booch. It's literally the only one I listen to. I just finished last week's episode. Please, please accept this donation so that you never play Britney on the pod ever again. Live long and prosper. Oh, this is the man gave us $17. So really, it's up to Andy to not fuck up. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> You're the one with the itchy Britney finger. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have itchy Britney fingers. I guess we do. Okay. All right. So, you know, I just, you're a good friend, Matt, and uh, here we go. <laughs> and that was the Admiral's Club. Hey, you did it. I did it. Really proud of you. Thank you. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. All right. Those people that did not enjoy Britney Spears are probably not going to enjoy our Space Jam intro. But you know what? <laughs> I was thinking that it's as you fun. were leading into it. But who knows? Everybody has different perspectives. Um, Masato Kaida, who wrote a couple of emails this week, says Troy notices some sort of sentience um, uh, from the uh, holodeck. Coming from the holodeck. Yes. Correct, yes. Does that mean data also gives off this sense as well? Which I thought was a valid question. That is a valid question. It's something we can explore later in the series. Oh, really? Hi, guys. Uh, I'll just skip ahead. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, I felt like you were threatening a spoiler, and I know that... Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we all know how we love not doing that. I just wanted to, to offer a unique perspective on Worf getting shut down all the time. I do not think it is Klingon racism or meanness. My job is quality analyst. The easiest way to explain that is before you speak to a person on an automated system, will an automated system will say, this call may be recorded for quality and training purposes. That's me. I listen to phone calls all day long to make sure our employers, employees are not abusing you, breaking the law, or being assholes, etc. Uh... Another part of this job, having done this in the financial sector, is security guru. It is my job to point out worst-case scenarios. Most of the time, no one listens. This used to bug the shit out of me, but I've come to realize if uh, I was not there, it would be way worse. Uh, My job is basically to say, hey, don't tell customers they're bad Christians because they were late in paying their bill. Or, (laughs) hey, you can't say you hate black people or countless other bad shit things I've heard people say. That's insane. (laughs) Good God. <laughs> that you would say that as a service person. Yeah, probably in West Virginia. Um, Worf is there to help them understand unnecessary risk versus calculated risk. It's not a- ignorance, just an examination of risk and weighing it against potential reward. Hmm. Interesting. From Laura Maris, Colorado Springs. Um, all right, here's a voicemail from abroad, Matt. That's oh, right. 
Wow, overseas voicemails coming in. It's a little bit long. Unless it's from Canada. But it's a delightful Australian accent. Oh, beautiful. Hey, Matt and Andy. Uh, This is Damien in Brisbane, Australia. Um, Guys, just a quick call. um, Firstly, to see if I can can get to the voicemail from another country, and it would be that I can. (laughs) I just want to say, Matt, great job. Love all your podcasts. Bring back uh, the Fraser one with, with Kevin Smith. That's great. But more to the point, Star Trek TNC. Look, it's it's my first ever Star Trek podcast, and uh, I absolutely love it. It's actually made me go out and search for more, um, but none of them are as uh, authentic, crappy, and genuine as this one. So I, I just keep coming it's back so true. to you guys. Crappy. Um, you know, even though my seven-year-old son produces YouTube videos that are slightly more professional than your production, um, which is obviously mostly Andy's fault. Um, we can't argue with I, I really do enjoy the banter. Um, it would be great if, Andy, you could just pick up the confidence a little bit in yourself. Um, it's really disappointing to hear you constantly make excuses for being shit. Uh, here in Australia, being shit is something to celebrate, because if you are shit, you are unique. So please practice being shit, be proud of being shit, understand you are unique, and do it the Aussie way. Keep up the good work, guys. This is awesome. Every week, I can't wait. Um, when we get to season three and things get interesting, I'm really hoping the podcast does as well. All right, guys. Catch you later. Uh, bye from down under. That was a beautifully worded uh, voicemail. It was great. And you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a note from him. I it's, think I don't, I don't take real... enough, I don't take enough pride in being shit. That was being shit. Shite. 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 He had an Australian spin on it that didn't sound like shite. Shite sounds more British to me. Mm. Anyway, guys, uh, I love the episode. My thought, if the computer can create an intelligence to match data, this is a this is a point that many people have brought up, and I wondered what your take was on it. Why doesn't Star Trek Command create artificial intelligence? Um, if these intelligence can be created in the holodeck, then create them here. Another thing that kind of brought was came up is is the computer artificially intelligent uh-huh. because it can create an artificially intel- artificial intelligence. Wow. Which I thought was Wait, valid. say that again? The computer created yes. Moriarty. Yes. So does that mean the computer is artificially intelligent? That's an interesting theory that we might have to wait till season seven for. Really? That far in? Jeez. <laughs> Um, we also, I think at some point I had, oh, you know what, this is more of a prime corrective, so I'm going to circle right, back well to then, this. Uh, we'll circle back. Um, a lot of people sent me information on meat pies, which was useful. In Britain, we just call them pies. Meat pies sounds weird. That said, we also have sweet pies, but they're stupidly not as popular, largely. <laughs> Kirk Brown. No, uh-huh. that's, that, no, that was a uh, cater pie used harding. Am I, is there, is there a pronunciation in there that I'm, anyway, it's Bobby Harding. Uh, Matt and Andy, here's the thing. You're probably going to get a bunch of emails about the holodeck. I'll keep it as brief as possible. Okay. I'm just going to scan through this. You're, so, but he kept it as brief as possible. He You're didn't saying keep it it's as still brief. not This that is a brief. full page of text. Ay, ay, ay. And Andy is thinking. You know what? I'm. How do I convey this? Kurt, Kurt Brownage, I'm saying your name. Yep. That's probably the most exciting part. I think I'm going to skip over this. Kurt, you're too dense. Not you're, that you're dense. Your no, email no, no, is you're too very, dense with information. You're too smart, if anything. Um, but it's just a lot of stuff. And it essentially just touches on the distinctions are the replicator, 
Uh, I'll read this part. The holometers obviously create holograms, characters for them to interact with, uh, lightings, and scenery are out of reach. Uh, according to Memory Alpha, holograms can be combined with force fields to give them the illusion of being solid. Is that true of yes. regular people? What do you mean? The people, the holo, uh, holograms in the people in the are being sort of touchable through force fields. That was my understanding of it. Yes. So it can create texture too. Yes. Force fields. How weird. So so Picard could go full shields, and I want it to feel like velvet. <laughs> Maybe he. Could, well, I don't know if the emitters are calibrated for that, but Jordy could get on it. All right. Transporters can beam. Uh, stuff. Sir, we're not calibrated for velvet. <laughs> that upgrade doesn't come till next week at Starbase Twenty Three. Well, what is it now? Silk. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Silk. <laughs> Silk. Shields at 10. Shields at silk. <laughs> uh, repli- Captain, we're losing integrity. <laughs> the silk is now 40% cotton. Captain, we're down to bubble wrap for the shields. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, replicators, meanwhile, are creating pops. Just like the replicators elsewhere on the ship, they create permanent matter. Um, talks about the guitar that Wesley makes for Sonny Clements. Uh, transporters can beam in stuff. Whenever they make the most sense, the pond that Wesley falls into and encounter at Farpoint is just a bunch of water beamed in from I don't know, say the dolphin tank. That's not true, is it? That's I don't replicated. Know. That must be replicated. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, um, okay, prime corrective, guys. It's time for the prime corrective. Oh, all right, you got there. Very impressed so far, Andy. You have to. Oh, it's too late. Sorry. It's all right. He gave me a signal. I mean, you can't play Britney. This I guy silently, paid us. I silently thumbed up. Hey, give us a little more volume <laughs> really? so that it would be quiet. And you know, we're doing a radio pro- broadcast here, and Andy felt the need to tell you all that it was too late and that I was making a hand signal, <laughs> even though I know that Andy will be playing more sound clips in the future and that my ask of him was valid. Well, I think, well, it's two things. One thing is, I think that all of my sound clips have not been normalized, so if you want to tell me how to do that, I think they're all at different levels. And the other thing is, uh-huh. uh, when, you were give, when you were giving me a thumbs up, I thought you were going, hey, you got it to the sound okay. <laughs> I was uh, how out of, out of touch I am. Great job, dummy. Um All right, so uh, I questioned the title, Elementary Dear Data, mm-hmm. in the... Um, in the um, description of the episode um, because I was like, shouldn't it be elementary dear, my dear Jordy? Because Jordy is Watson. Right, technically, yes. Um, however, Stephen Price pointed out that it's probably referencing Pulaski's line in the episode, which I should know because that's what the Goldbergs does. They take a line from the episode. Yes, but Star Trek does not do that. Uh, no, but it you could, you could make the argument. I think that you're both correct. How about that? Fair enough. Um, and then we uh, we had trouble with... Um, well, I'll just play it in itself. It's monetary. All right. Hey, guys. This is uh, one of your Alaskan listeners. And I just want to let you know that uh, it's pronounced Rene Abergenois. Rene Abergenois. So uh, do with that information what you will. Rene Abergenois. Thank you. That was actually very helpful information. It was. I won't remember it, but uh, I appreciate it. Je ne sais quoi. 
At least I have a if I'm Abergenois. like at a party with Rene Abergenois, I can I can quickly access the accessing the pronunciation. Accessing. Oh, that. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. We'll get into the fact that data sometimes doesn't know correct words. Buddy, that's all I got. Oh, my God. Andy, great job. Thanks. Suppose it's time to get into this. Sure is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the episode, The Outrageous Okana. Mm -hmm. Spelled Okuna for some reason. Okono. (laughs) O-K-O-N-O. Hey. Hey. Okana. Oh. Okono. They're Okona? saying Okana, but yes. it is... Okan- Okona. It looks like it's Okona. Okona. Yeah, it's yeah. Okona, but it's Okana. Right. We're very confusing. Production number 130 aired the week of December 12th, 1988. Andy, tell us about it. Uh, look away. Still at the top of the charts. Also, oh, mistletoe yeah. and wine still in the UK. Um... Had some people uh, Did anyone uh, ask us about Cliff Richards? Tell me if I was right about Cliff Richards or not. It, what was your question? I don't remember. Remember Somebody, I was wondering if he was like a shitty Elvis? He was a shitty Elvis. Oh, I have that email if you want me to find it afterwards. Boy, I asked a direct question and he doesn't even pull that email. I, I didn't. I thought it was just someone talking about Cliff Richards and I thought you wouldn't be interested. Both held the, under their chart-topping specifically success. Specifically asked. I don't. You know what? <laughs> How are you going to remember what I'm asking on the show? By it's, listening. Oh, you you tune By me out listening. constantly on this show. I'm not going to take it for this. You were paying attention to me like a quarter of the time. Um, anyway. And it's mostly to make sure you're not doing anything wrong. Twins, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, debuted at number one at the wow, box office. Wow, that was 29 years ago. Pretty crazy. Could you imagine a sequel getting made for that movie so late? Would they really do that? They I, need to add some other spice to the equation. Oh. I hope that Spice is someone who also hasn't been popular since then. Go ahead, Andy. While the Sands of Time maintained its bestseller status, actor Vanessa Hudgens was born. Wow. Time Magazine's cover article was, Good cholesterol, encouraging news for your heart. Probably that health information, whatever was in there is not accurate anymore. Or is it? Is there, good, there is good cholesterol. There is good cholesterol. All right, it's still, you know what, Time Magazine? I apologize. I retract my statement. That's all. We got a retraction from Andy. Did you hear? <laughs> we got it. I gotta say, this is this is a really a great anthem. Uh, you know what? It's fine. Uh, this episode was directed by Robert Becker, written by Burton Armis, with a story by less mentioned Lance Dickinson and David Landsberg. I wondered if Armis. Uh, this was where the name Armis for the sludge creature was from. Mm, good question. Are we ever going to find out? I don't think so. Near the twin Medina planets, the Enterprise picks up young trader Fadian O'Connor. Fadian? Fadian. Fadian O'Connor. While helping him repair his small craft, the roguish charmer quickly makes friends, especially among the female crew members. Intrigued by O'Connor's wisecracks, Data lets Guinan talk him into a stint on the holodeck as a comic. He conjures up a 20th century comedy club in a stand-up of the day to coach him. Meanwhile, Picard faces a confrontation that that is more of a headache than a crisis. The two hot-headed leaders of Medina's twin worlds are demanding. O'Connor's high... Uh, demanding Okana's hide. What a weird choice of words in a book about Star Trek. You're you're blaming the writing. 
Uh, no, Larry Nemechek does a great work. I'm blaming <laughs> being very tired, having been busy since God knows when. And It's the end of a long day. And by the way, we're recording on Thursday. Sometimes we record on Wednesdays if we need to. So uh, if you want your your hails to be paid attention to. Pay timely. Yeah, get them in before the middle of the week. It would yeah. be very helpful. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, he's demanding the hide. Uh, Stralib's ruler accuses him of stealing the sacred jewel of Thesia, while Alte... Atlek? I will say there were a lot of hilarious, made-up-y sounding... <laughs> Atlek raves... and situations ...that O'Connor made his daughter pregnant. Picard faces the exasperating prospect of the two tiny vessels actually opening fire on the ship uh, or each other until an inquisitive West Crusher persuades the traitor to fess up. O'Connor baits the Stralib's leader's son into admitting everything. The two fearful children used Okana as a go-between for their romance and used the jewel as a nuptial vow. With the two planets now bound for union, a data despondent over his bad luck with humor unintentionally spouts a Gracie Allen nugget and cracks up the bridge. The, the moments when Data spouts a quote unintentional nugget that is a direct quote or is an intentional spin on language that mm-hmm. he wouldn't have said if he wasn't saying a joke yep is always irritating to me <laughs> good night data um and of course it does support my my data is just messing with everyone theory well here we are and they're all like oh we have the upper hand on this dumb android he doesn't know anything about comedy when in fact he's like i wonder how long i can keep pretending i don't know anything to any ability with comedy. What? Uh, what when happened? in fact, I'm doing the greatest Kaufman bit of all time. Oh boy! Data is Andy Kaufman. That's my new amendment. Captain's log, stardate four two four zero two point seven. We are traveling in the Omega Sagittar system, traversing between twin planets that form the coalition of Medina. Both worlds are populated by a humanoid race which colonized the planets two centuries ago and which now coexist under a precarious but successful treaty. Uh, you know, I watched this with the uh, subtitles on, Andy. You did? I always do. Sure, me too. I always like to keep them on just in case because with Star Trek, there's things that's happening that, I, that are happening that I, I want to be sure I'm, I'm reading correctly. And they do add a lot of uh, color to Worf that I did not hear mm-hmm. or really see. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, well, I, it's, I can't even play it because it's inaudible, but they uh, add that they, uh, Worf's grunting when he's clearly not <laughs> grunting. Um, even, the, even the subtitles aren't on Worf's side. Yeah. So, so here we meet the title character of the episode, the outrageous Okana. Harmless and not quite yet ready for a mercy killing. You were never considered a danger, Captain. Ah, that's a shame. I I can remember when I was at least considered a risk. I'm the owner and operator of this craft, and since we both know that you've already scanned it, you know I'm alone and empty, which is truly a rare occasion for a man of my charm and talent. Mute main viewer. Permanently. His emotions suggest he's mischievous, irreverent, and somewhat. She is delighted. Uh, Is that his emotions or everything he just said? Uh Nothing she says cannot be taken from what he's saying. Read between the lines. 
this is okay. Now we're gonna get into one of the uh, rogue. Andy's pet peeves. Rogue. The simple description is ah, rogue. Cat, knave, rake, rascal, villain, wild yes, elephant. Data. But there is no malevolence or ill will. So the audience should like him. Why does Data not have rogue in his vocabulary, ready to go at all times? Well, you know my explanation for it. But in terms of the world of the show, yes. I don't I don't understand what their reasoning is, other than he seems quaint if he has to think about it. Yeah. But I guess if you wanted to really justify it, you could say that uh, Sung programmed him with like that kind of thing to show that he was still a child in his mind and he was learning how to associate words, even though there's no logical reason why he wouldn't have instant access to it. It's the first time I've ever accepted an answer from Andy. And can we just also get into now, even though we're going to see it over and over again, what is with the accessing thing in this episode? Data constantly saying accessing, which to my knowledge, he has never said before. Uh, oh, he, I this may be might wrong be the first that. time he says it, but he's uh, this data data accesses from here on out. Oh, that's so irritating. Data's accessing because I not, kind of not often because it kind but of felt it is like certainly the, something that I associate with the character. Why would you make him turn him into Robbie the Robbie the robot at this point? The, and also, like I kind of accepted that the reason he kind of looks off to the side and does things is because that's him. Ac- that's basically the in use light on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's very funny. <laughs> Killed at the uh, Vegas con this weekend, Andy. <laughs> yes, now please follow Commander Riker's instructions so our ship can get back to its normal routine. Whatever you say, Captain. Something funny? Well, the unexpected is our normal routine. Good one, Riker. Uh, Riker zinging left and right. Side note, yes. uh, O'Connor is played by Billy Campbell, of course, the Rocketeer. Now, what's Billy Campbell been up to? Uh, you know, I haven't looked at... Because uh, he is a charming motherfucker. I mean, I assume he might have aged out of handsome lead, but uh, uh, yeah, he also did play on Frasier. Uh, Clint Weber. I don't know what episode it was. Mm, Sorry. No, I can't pull it. I can't pull it. All right. I'll have to look it up. Um, so, he's really... I mean, he's like... Wait, wait, what year was he born? He was born in 59. Oh, so Billy Campbell. I'm trying to figure out which... which. So there's two actors. There's He's William in, Campbell, who passed away in, in, 2020, in 2016. It's Billy Campbell. Uh, and then, Like his character. He's just a fun Billy. <laughs> fun He's Billy. In, uh, this is why I didn't know, because he's in a bunch of weird things. Breaking Code, Cardinal, Modus, Helix... He was in The Killing um, as Darren Richmond. Once and again. I didn't watch The Killing. Do I need to watch The Killing? I've heard mixed things. He he tweets, you know? He's still tweeting. God, he looks good. He looks good. Yeah, he, you, you could gotta tell. Say, he's a, you could tell that guy was going to age well. Handsome, charming motherfucker. Billy, if you're out there. Jennifer Connelly, never hotter than in The Rocketeer. Jennifer Connelly, if you're out there. If you're a Star Trek fan, I would love to meet you. <laughs> I, I would love to meet Billy, as we both discover. Why is there not a Rocketeer sequel with him in it as the fucking Rocketeer? A sequel? To the Rocketeer. Without him in it? No, with him in it. 
What do you mean? It, it didn't do that well. Did it? Andy, we're in a world where fucking Full House is on again. <laughs> Full House was a hit. We're in a world where they're fucking making a 19th Transformers movie. We're in a world where they're making... Uh, I'm just trying to think of like every terrible half franchise that's gotten a reboot because it had a somewhat of a recognizable name. Yeah, I don't dispute that, but I think those were all things with like a long history of fandom. It only grossed $46 million and it cost $35 million. Although, Oh, that's a profit. I it don't is, care about how no, much it costs. Not buy. after P&A. <laughs> not after advertising. Welcome to Andy's... Hollywood Accounting, <laughs> starring Andy Secunda. Hi, guys. <laughs> this week, we're going to take a look at the budget of Under the Skin. I don't know why I picked that one. Engage. I don't like this false stress Captain O'Connor, shut down your engines. Understood. Transporter room it's prepare O'Connor. for the beaming operation. We're on our way. Wesley, data. Let's go. Uh, Captain, I'm taking half the bridge crew. Thanks. Why? Why is he doing that? Why Wesley and why... Yeah, this guy seems fun. Let's go all go down to meet him. Uh, security? Well, he doesn't even say, Worf, meet me down there. He just says, points at those two by name, and then Worf just shows up. I'm going to need a couple more people to make wry expressions as this guy behaves. Ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, James Bond's own Terry Hatcher. Your weapons, please. Uh, Terry Hatcher. A Klingon security officer. Yes. No wars available, eh? <laughs> Zing. Puts out his hand for a knife. It's more a piece of jewelry than a weapon. A remembrance. I enjoyed this. Just that... That Worf knew. Welcome aboard, Captain O'Connor. Yes. I'm Commander Riker. If you'll turn over the inoperative part to Commander Data, we can begin repairs. I'd be most happy to do the work myself, Commander. I'm sort of the hands-on type. I think you'd find the tools we use rather unusual, sir. I can believe that. May I at least watch? I, I feel like when they're watching this, they're Good like, Man, Commander, I leave this in your capable hands. We should have put this guy in the show. Sir, this is Commander Data. I, I'm I just f- an acting ensign. I almost felt like they were leading into a spinoff with this guy. I mean, he's like, got so much so to much do. Time he's and got they make so him much so, to do. They they work so hard to make him likable. And how do you feel? They did they achieve it for you or no? I I got to tell you something, and I'm afraid this is going to be offensive. Um, I I feel like if you look at this guy, yes, he is a more extreme version of the problem with Riker. Even though I believe Jonathan Frakes did a wonderful job, and that's. That it, Flawless character. He is written to be a, quote, cool guy. And I believe he is probably being written by people who are not cool guys. That is... And therefore, he's like funny. vamping and, and, and just making all these faces. And it's just like it could not be more of a caricature of a cool guy. I think like all the dialogue like, coming out of his mouth... Yeah, I think of it as like if I was just like free writing. Yeah, that's the character I would end up with. Right, you would free write, and then you would say, "All right, I got to go through nine more drafts." Sure, and fix yes, this. yeah, but sure. Like I feel like uh, I need like a guy that's like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd be like, <laughs> oh, he's so charming. <laughs> I can't believe uh, it. Am I really making it clear? All right, have a 
have uh, uh, Diana refer to him as a rogue, <laughs> and then have Data list every other synonym for rogue. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. O'Connor appears to have excellent vision, as well as a healthy libido. <laughs> Captain O'Connor. Did you hear that? ADR of sure. 806. Commander Data, you can get started she right was, away. And then he's going to look for that room later. She did. So she just gave up her room immediately. Wow. That's a pretty good game. Now, There's probably no STDs in the future. Oh, wow. And... Uh, birth control is on lockdown. So, I was wondering about that. I think it is probably on the Enterprise just a fuck fest. Well, as soon as you see the character later that he allegedly made pregnant, I did wonder about that in the future. So, did the kid intentionally knock up the girl from the other planet? Well, they only have lasers, Andy. Maybe they're maybe their contraceptives are only 99.9% effective. I gotta tell you, that would be really messed up prime directive aspect if they were they denied these people reproductive protection well they're not in the federation and they're not asking for it oh and we're all familiar with the prime directive what about what Sex. about uh okana he probably has it huh probably brings it with him he probably if his the knife handle yeah probably unscrews and it's full of <laughs> dick pills <laughs> and i'm uh, smuggling what are you smuggling um you dick pills. <laughs> I gotta see my friend Alice, Sexual if you know what I mean. <laughs> what? No. What? See, Alice hasn't been using. Never mind. A part of my programming. I'm an android. Well, then. Have you seen any good looking computers lately? <laughs> my friend Jordy LaForge has. <laughs> he loves computers. <laughs> I believe he's having intercourse with one right now. That's a joke. It's funny. That is the most offensive thing anyone's ever said. He will love your navigation device. It has three ports. (laughs) Nice, Matt. (laughs) Nice, Matt. (laughs) Fuck yourself, Secunda. (laughs) The the amount of times in this episode people go, that's a joke. I'm deciding that that's funny when nothing funny has ever been said in this episode is just offensive. What I've done is replace them with Trisolite. Trisolite isn't available in this system if I ever had to replace it. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't. Your ship will never outlast this part. Because of the part or the way I fly my ship? <laughs> well, this part. But the stress test did show that you tend to push your ship a little beyond its design capabilities. <laughs> boy, am I on board with What's that? the pattern of my life, Lieutenant LaForge? Because it relegates me to cargo carrying rather than the grand explorations you enjoy, I am forced to add a measure of flamboyancy and zest the doldrum of my existence he's like playing carrie always character in the princess bride in space point to a scene i my my thought is like that he's carrie just like Elwes so is, like right i mean I, physically carrie always though was and I remember being sort of irked by Carrie Ellis's performance as being a little over the top. I feel like he's far more subtle than Billy Campbell is being here. Literally, he does not say a thing in the episode that he's not like, well, I'm kind of smiling through the line. <laughs> this guy's great. <laughs> Have you seen him, Captain Picard? <laughs> so irritating. Have you ever been cold? By the way, I love when uh, 
Worf says we should recommend uh, limited access to the ship. Right. Right. First place he ends up is main engineering. It's true. <laughs> and yeah. then Data just like, yeah, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. What do you need? Sure. Good luck. <laughs> no. Warm then. No. What about drunk? Ever do that? From alcohol. That is not possible for me, sir. Pity. What about love? The act or the emotion? They're both the same. I believe that statement to be inaccurate, sir. Maybe. Life is like loading twice your cargo weight onto your spacecraft. If it's canaries and you can keep half of them flying all of the time, you're all right. I doubt that statement is entirely accurate either, sir. Accurate? That was a joke I just told you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Should we have a joke understand. counter? You don't sure. know what a joke That's is. Too. Of course I do. Three, three, three of it the words joke. A gag, a bon mot, a fluctuation of words concluding with a trick ending. That's the dictionary meaning. I'm talking about humor, fun. Do you know what funny is? No, neither do you. Where is 806? Right over there, sir. Why? You probably wouldn't understand that either. I gotta go get my warp nacelle and wet. Sorry, that was gross. I don't even know where I went. There. I apologize. I'm gonna reroute main power through her secondary coupling. Her secondary coupling? Oh, yes. Time to throw one into the strike zone. <laughs> Um, I think I figured out who, who this, who, 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 O'Connor, what kind of person he feels like. Yeah. He feels like a guy who was a journeyman actor <laughs> and then ended up as a theater teacher somewhere. And he still feels like he's cock the walk and he, he, he keeps t- telling all these stories and his students look up to him and I don't know why I'm attacking these poor theater teachers. When I was the understudy in Cats, I <laughs> often would sit backstage and know I was ready. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh so we get a little bit of uh, the Guinan data interaction here, which uh, I find Guinan's interactions thus far to be like cryptic, cryptic and unenjoyable for the other party. The viewer, however, also unenjoyable. Simply said <laughs> that I've never seen you laugh. I am capable of that function when it is expected of me. Data, do you even know what a joke is? Of course I do. It is a witticism, a gag, a bon mot, a fluctuation Stop. of... Did we not Look, do this not here. funny bit two scenes ago? We sure did. Why? Because you're a droid and I'm annoyed. But why? Because that's what I am. Have I said something to offend you? No. Then why are you annoyed? Because you're a droid and I'm annoyed humanoid yes you told a joke yes i am not laughing yes perhaps the joke was not funny it was no. not data you're correct the joke was funny it's you data by the way would not have understood that joke had i Are not you sure? read it yes each time it was said 100 percent. what do i do well under normal circumstances i'd say seek a higher power 
But in your case, probably a smarter computer's in order. So are we saying that the ship's computer is smarter than Data? Uh-huh. Yes. Then why does computer. Data use the I ship's to computer to figure stuff out instead of just having the computer figure stuff out? It is not programmed to respond in that area. Mm-hmm. Humor. Why certain combinations of words and actions make humans laugh? Source material on that subject is extensive. Please specify. Animated presentation, humanoid, interaction required. Physical humor, cerebral or general raconteur. Of all performers available, who is considered funniest? 23rd century, Stan Riga, specialized in jokes about quantum mathematics. I can't imagine. That's not even like a funny presupposition. Do you know what I mean? That a, that a physicist would be the funniest? Yes. I kind of enjoyed that. I didn't like it. Why not? Because, you know, you're telling me that everyone's going to have this common frame of reference about quantum mathematics, that this is the popularly the the funniest person on in the universe of the I, 23rd century, <sighs> which they're in right now. I agree with that. But so I guess, you're telling me if I go ask a computer who the funniest person ever was, you're gonna t- it's going to spit out a contemporary name at me? Here's a theory. Yes. Is oh. this an Andy's theory? I think it is. I just came up with oh, it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just, uh... Oh, just, boy, uh, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All the hey. Who an android have a cat? Is Data just pretending to be so dim? No one knows the answers. Least of all him, it's Andy's So I believe, you know how they have these, uh, they say that, that uh, cats, um, litter boxes have, uh, were we discussing this at work? Uh, yes, have, we were. Whatever that human brain disease is. There's some human brain disease that affects them, that makes them dumber. And, uh, and it's really because it, the, the cat litter is supposed to work on mice to make them unable. The cat feces. The cat litter. Right, the cat feces makes them like saying, oh, there's no problem with this cat. And then the cat can kill them. I believe that a disease like that... Uh-oh. You're still going. Don't worry. It's just the headphones. Okay. Very good. Uh, a disease like that um, has been... It's very hard to think. You just keep going through it like a professional. No one will know. I'm working on it. Um, a disease has, has occurred at some point in the last... Um, I guess it would have to be... When does Enterprise happen? Enterprise happens in like 2175. All right. I'll have to get a vibe on how funny they are on Enterprise, but I would have to guess that uh, there are very few people that are funny on that show either. But the um, that, that something happens that is a virus like that that might have been, you know, uh, some kind of military hardware from another species that removed humanity's ability to be funny. Oh, interesting. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Because there's so much bad comedy in this show, and nobody seems to identify it within the show. Worse... Like in this episode, there's like seven times people go, that's funny. You're wrong. You don't understand. This is a good joke. It's like, why would you go that far? I also like, I I don't know. Let's just play the scene. They could have fucking just said Groucho Marx. Right. You know what I mean? And put Groucho on there. Right. Timelessly. 
funny. Would they, wouldn't you have had to come up with some reason why they didn't they, he didn't access Groucho? I mean, I just don't understand why they wouldn't do it. Anyway, go ahead. Let's you mean just have uh, no. someone doing an impression Too of Groucho? Esoteric. Yeah, more yeah. generic. They did it, Lincoln. Why not Groucho? And later on, we see Mark Twain in an episode. So come on. Now, side note here: the holodeck R-W-9, terminal. Six three two one. Twentieth century. Liss is one of the names. Um, Ronald B. Moore, um, which was not a reference to Ronald D. Moore, who had not yet joined the staff. It was a reference to visual effects supervisor Ronald B. Moore, who helped assemble the graphic. You may enter. So then, I mean, the comic then should be Ronald B. Moore. That should be the comic, the characters. Was it not? I didn't know it. Carl is the comic. No. And who we get as the comic is none other than Joe. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. You've been great. As a matter of fact, I'd like to take you all home with me. Unfortunately, I took the last audience home, and there's no more room. <laughs> boom, boom. But thank you, really. Thank you. Hey, and thank you for bringing me here. What's up? Mr. Comic, I wish to know what is funny. It's funny. I don't know. It's a matter of opinion, I guess. Uh, Tip O'Neill in a dress. Some people say words that end with a K are funny. Uh, a briefcase that looks like a fish. Personally, I find that hysterical. O'Neill, accessing. Is it? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Is a briefcase looks like fish hysterical? No. Is Tip O'Neill in a dress hysterical? Not particularly. Words that uh, start with a K are funny. Words that end with a K are funny. Oh, those aren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, Tip O'Neill guest starred on. I have no idea. Cheers. Really? Yes. I think I have an image of him in my yeah. head, yeah. but I didn't know who he was when I saw it. 20th century male, politician, overweight, wearing female clothing, carrying a valise that looks like a fish. So, the juxtaposition of gender and an amphibian briefcase is funny. Well, I think whatever makes you laugh is funny. Nothing makes me laugh. I wish to learn. Well, uh, how much time do we have here? Unlimited. Not true. We're going to need it. Because you, pal, are a tough room. Tough room? Ah, a colloquialism, meaning a severe, rigid, closed-minded audience. I understand. I will attempt to be an easy room. Show me what is funny. All right, you're on. Uh, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Now, Andy, yeah, you're aware of the trivia about this moment. I was about to mention it, yeah. Go ahead. Jerry Lewis himself was approached to play the comic, but there was a scheduling conflict caused by Lewis's guest role on Wise Guy. He was agreed. He agreed to do he it. He agreed to do it. To play himself. Can you imagine how much more sense and impact this episode would have had if it was actually Jerry Lewis? Well, I think he was going to come in for the day and just do that bit so he was going to turn into jerry lewis oh really yeah oh i didn't realize that i thought he was going to play the comic now turn into jerry lewis and then be jerry lewis for that moment and then when <laughs> that would have been even someone more else, amazing oh, awesome. what have that been? oh wow what kind of what kind of 
of uh, asshole uh, scheduling was that seriously um, but the thing I was going to say was that I thought that if Jerry Lewis was talking to him about comedy then it would be kind of like oh Jerry Lewis is talking about the comedy because the computer has created a Jerry Lewis to explain his perspective on comedy so some of the sort of hackiness and you know datedness would have made total sense sure but also I just assumed this guy was like a fucking Catskills guy you uh, know what I mean yes Totally. Right. That's his humor, and that's some reason the, the era in which Data right. chose to learn comedy. And what is your explanation for Guinan using Catskill's humor? She's very old. <laughs> she's been alive since. She's actually. She was alive during the Catskill. She was at, at comedy the Concord. Boom. Who knows what she did? Sure, yeah. She, she, was, she, she saw spent, Buddy Hackett. She, she saw spent everybody. some time on Earth back then. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. She goes to see Buddy Hackett. She loves him. Take yeah. my wife, please. She's dying in the aisles. Joy yeah. mm-hmm. for a moment, your boy Clegit. Say, I. Oh! Oh, what? So, Mr. Robot, would you like to come up? I'm an android. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Mr. Android, here. Here, Keith. Put him in your mouth. Go. Come up, Mr. Where did he go? Where did, where did Mr. Robot? Mr. Android? Here, try if you would. Here we go. You do. Ha! Huh. No, you're so high. Ladies and gentlemen, Star Trek is dead. <laughs> you got to hand it to Joe Piscopo for giving it the old college try. Oh, I mean, he did all he could. Yeah. All he could with the material that was given to him. What's Joe up to lately? This is fast, Joe, because data somehow processes uh, information through a sped-up tape. Guy walks into the doctor's office. The doctor tells him you need an operation. The guy says, I want a second opinion. The doctor says, okay, you're ugly, too, but boom, boom. That's great. That's a great classic joke. Right. I, I don't know why Guinan's not laughing. She, she clearly has it out for data. In, in a way similar to Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the Enterprise. Okay. Uh, I've landed on the spot. If you all uh, take your uh, Netflixes to 20 minutes, even you will hear and read Disgruntled Growl from Worf. I think also, look in that scene and notice the... on navigation shields. Don't they know that? The regulations... To call for yellow alert. Hmm. Very old regulation. Well, make it so, number one. And reduce speed. Drop main shields as well. May I ask why, sir? In case we decide to surrender to them, number one. It makes a little oh, growl. I heard it. I heard mm-hmm. a tiny, tiny, you get a bit tiny of hit sound system, that. pal. Uh, in fairness, I was watching this in the car on the way to work. Slowing and holding its position. I don't think you should do that. I think it it's the only way I have time. True absorption. It's the only way I have time, guys. We got to get him money for this podcast so he starts prioritizing it over that other bullshit, like the one with his wife and the very fine podcast with Matt Gorley. <laughs> I am Secretary Cushell from the Legation of Unity of the Planet Australia. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard. We know who you are, Captain Picard. We've been monitoring your communications, and we know of the demands made by Devon of the planet Atlic. Then you are aware that we have no hostile intention. You only have to concede 
to one demand. That word demand has a tone of finality. It is a word I have chosen. Boom. We demand that you turn O'Connor over to us immediately. Mute. Mr. O'Connor, to the bridge immediately. The same demand has been made by the ATLEP legation. I have no interest in their request, but we intend to back up our legal right to O'Connor. I would rather not escalate this situation any further. Our honor and prestige are at stake. We are prepared to take O'Connor by force and die in the doing of it if necessary. I trust that that can be avoided. I will respond to your request shortly, if you are off. Captain O'Connor has not responded, sir. He's been reported in three different crew quarters. Find him. Get him up here. Yes, sir. Three different. Should have just beamed him up. Guy gets around. By the way, with this crew member that he's uh, having intimate times with, why wouldn't that crew member stop for the chief of security of the ship? That is true. It's very true. It's all weird. The, it, the whole interaction is weird. Everything's weird. This whole also, thing's weird. You're going to walk away from Terry Hatcher. And well, it wasn't Terry Hatcher at the time. That was the redheaded crew member who was took over the scanning station when Worf turned around. And I was like, oh, that extra is getting a lot of FaceTime. She still looks Will like Will I Terry see that Hatcher. extra again? And the answer is yes, I did. Right there. Oh. What do you think of this plot? Uh, I do not like this episode. <laughs> I don't like this plot. There is nothing in either plot of, of, of note or importance. The entire thing is irritating. In one plot, it's a bunch of... It, it's a treatise on comedy with no informed perspective or any comedy to speak of which is always a danger whenever you're talking about comedy as i am doing now um and then in the other plot it's this douche that we're following around that's totally irritating they at the beginning they they cut off any possible tension because the ships are incapable of hurting the enterprise right i mean it, it is like I think had the ships been able to hurt the Enterprise, uh-huh. the stakes would have been increased. Sure. And it would have given this plot somewhere to go. Like right now, this, nothing will happen. No. As Picard himself said, they can they can fire on the Enterprise until their lasers run dry. Right. <laughs> they, they literally leave their shields down yes. because they're so unafraid. Like there's no threat here. Yeah. Like we're supposed to, I, I, is it that we're at this point in the story we're supposed to be so committed to the character of Okana that we don't want him to be taken, or are we worried for his welfare? There's a minor diplomatic concern. That is it. It's really like I think the episode would have been more interesting had it been like Picard redecorating his quarters. Yeah, like that would have been a more interesting story to me. That's how terribly boring this story is. Both of them. And I, that's the other thing is they basically took two B plots and made them the whole show. Right. B plot being the secondary plot that's a little less um, intense and dramatic. But I, I don't know if they just decided, well, we're having an episode where not that much 
the mission isn't that critical. So all we this can, mission gas. We can do the. <laughs> um, that's funny, Data. That's that's a joke. Mission gas. <laughs> Why is that funny, sir? <laughs> I said mission and gas. Ah, Yiddish, Jewish, Zion. <laughs> Um, Chosen people. <laughs> ah, we're gonna get into the eradicated in the twenty second century. Ah. <laughs> oh Jesus, is that what's happening? <laughs> oh my God, I gotta watch the my ass. The play we've been dragged into has been revealed. One of Captain O'Connor's pursuers is an outraged father with a heartfelt, if arcane, sense of righteousness. Your advice, Counselor. We are dealing with ancient codes involving procreation. While they may appear meaningless to us, to Debin they represent his honor. He will fight, risking himself, his crew, his daughter, and her unborn child. You know, Captain, your counselor's right. He will fight. The captain of the other ship is demanding to be heard. I don't suppose you can give me any indication why this man wants you. <sighs> Let's put all this together. Lieutenant Wolf. Multiple image, full conference mode. Let them all see each other. Yes, sir. Mr. It's Worf, never been done before. Google Hangout, please. <laughs> <laughs> sir, we don't have the bandwidth. <laughs> Why? Jordy's downloading something. It's, it's called be. robot porn. It's going to have a digitized look, sir. This, uh, yeah, I'm going to skim through this fucking plot. Can I ask you a side question? Yes, sure, I can answer it, I hope. Deanna Troy. Yes. Uh, almost perpetually useless. Yes. What was the, uh, accepting that the actress is delightful and, uh... Not, none of, none of her, none of her use on board the ship is her fault? Yes, go ahead. What was the fans' perspective, uh, fans being plural, uh on that character where they like what's going on why is she there that's a great question i mean she's always just been part of the crew for me or is so it I just like really... oh i like her because she's one of our people yeah or i like her because look at those outfits like i mean she's in a very tight outfit she's mm-hmm. she's uh six of nine you know she's pre seven of nine I, I certainly would agree that she the character is is a six of nine in terms of the the upgrade being a hundred percent useful yeah um. Yeah. Anyway, back to this bullshit. Sorry. The course of action, but their ships are faster than yours. I'm not doing you a favor, Captain. With all due respect, that's not your concern. Besides, I can take care of myself. You know, at this point of the story, I'm like a little worried. I'm like, what's going to happen to Okana? I, I hope he doesn't get harmed. His ship's slow. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we like him so much. He seems so amiable. You're quite a craftsman, Lieutenant LaForge. How soon? What's the rush? thought you liked it here. I did. It stopped liking me. Time to disappear. Where will you go? See, when he pulled that pocket watch out of his pocket, Ooh. I thought it was the jewel that he had stolen. That would be amazing. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And then it was not interesting. A no. new place, if I make it. Don't you ever stay anywhere? Not for long. I couldn't be like that. Oh? I mean, always being alone. 
Commander Riker says you choose to live the way you do and like it. Is that what he says? That yeah. motherfucker. It would be difficult for me to be leaving all the time. I'd miss my friends, the people I love. I guess leaving's gotten easy for you. Oh, cheer up, Will. I seem to have a way of using up a place. I wasn't talking about a place. I know. I know what you were talking about. It's ready. And I said that with a grin. <laughs> uh, Andy, I'm kind of at a loss. All right, well, let me discover this then. If you're at a loss, by the way, I forgot a big piece of um, of uh, to address from our previous episode. Do you want to just put it into the hails in the next episode? We didn't read the the snippet from the episode. Oh, just to take a break from the you know, outrageous I think Okana. We can, uh, <laughs> I think we can save the bit. Or after we're done with the episode, we'll do a little, we'll do a little next conversation right. community theater. It'll be a, a post-credit sequence, if you will. It's gonna be great. Um, okay, well then, let me address this. Uh, Benzin, the uh, the boy uh, uh, that knocks up the uh, the girl. Um, Spoiler, dude! Come on. Oh, sorry. No, I thought we we read you I'm read. Kidding. Kiernan Mulrooney. Uh, played him and I was like I know that guy how do I know that guy and it's very Jennifer Connelly related because he was one of the criminals in career opportunities I was just gonna say that Um, also ironically he was in the they're real and they're spectacular episode of Seinfeld which starred Terry Hatcher this guy's got his hands in all corners of the Hollywood puzzle it's getting weird now um, and the girl was also in Seinfeld, um, and her name is Rosalind Allen. Mm-hmm. She was in the uh, marine biologist episode of Seinfeld, as well as a bunch of other stuff. Oh, that's very interesting. There's a lot of uh, interplanetary coupling, if you will. <laughs> so true. Oh, you can't. My son is right. You can't escape that way. That's not what I mean. It's not up to you, nor to O'Connor. I've been dishonored. I will decide. Wait. Since all of you believe O'Connor is the father of this child, then so be it. I'll marry you. No. You can't. Weird stance to take, by the way. For her? Yes, I can. Sure. Well, I think clearly she wanted to marry O'Connor and didn't like the other guy. Nothing has been stolen. The jewel of Thesia has been taken into custody by its rightful heir, me. I was to give it to Yanar as our pledge of marriage. Marriage? What is marriage? <laughs> Yanar is carrying my child. I'll say. Oh, you said it was O'Connor's. It was a weird performance. If I told you it was Ben Zan, you would have gone to war with his father. Listen to what they've been given. So I let you believe it was O'Connor. See how a man gets. By the way, that that actress, one in a long line of side actresses in this episode, the uh, not in this episode in the series that that are delivering everything in a weird monotone robotic voice. (laughs) Is it ADR? 
Is that what it Maybe is? Maybe it's ADR. I feel like it's over. I think I feel like they're overdubbing her voice for some reason. You think it's somebody else that yeah, had that I think voice? So. I was All giving right, well. the jewel to Devin's daughter. You'd have disowned me. Now we're hearing some truth. So you let me chase O'Connor when you knew he was innocent? Yes, because I didn't believe for one moment that you could catch him. Well said. He never would have. And once Yanar accepted the jewel, the marriage would have been made. Well, I never got it. That O'Connor well, does have it. the jewel. I never had the chance. Oh, he does have the jewel. That's not a pocket watch. Oh, was he holding the jewel? I just forgot. No, he does have the jewel. I knew yeah. that. I just didn't Anyway, it's too late. I won't marry Benzen. Then you'll marry O'Connor. I won't marry anyone. It's O'Connor. It's got to be ADR, right? That's the problem. I have reinstated here. the same program. But wouldn't they get hurt Along with ADR? Some new jokes, I hope. Maybe they did. Program complete. Enter when ready. How do we feel about this scene? How much do we want to hear? How much do we want to see? This is all the. This is all the comedy. I, I, I don't stuff. know. I maybe just do it. Just to. Can I just play one thing before we go on? Please. That's um. Good that's God, please. The it's from an earlier scene, but I forgot there was a weird face-off between. Um, it's it's in the thing you're talking about when uh, Worf shows up and he's. Just, you gonna be hanging out in here? Oops, that was me. Oops, I did it. Again. Not playing the song. No. Oh, I feel like we got to give that guy his money back. Seventeen dollars. Oh, you're gonna, it's coming out of your end. Okay, here we go. I see no ends. This is a weird moment between Okana and Worf. Wait a few minutes. No! He's facing off. They're real close to each other. <laughs> I like that. Now he's kind of looking at him a little sultry. But I have my orders. Some other time. They did not specify that they're talking about a fight. <laughs> and Billy Campbell is not looking at Worf uh, with that much hostility. I'm just saying. That's fair. It's a weird moment. I like weird moments in this show. Speaking of weird moments in this show. Although I guess Klingons, they're... Uh, you know, they the, fight like that. They f- that's they have they, sex like that. Yeah, they they pre yeah. pre sex it up with fighting. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming, folks. We got a great show for you tonight. I'm so excited this evening. Uh, tonight I have for you the funny man of the stars, the android of antics, that lieutenant commander of mirth. Please give him a nice welcome, ladies and gentlemen. None other than he's just the best. Data. Uh, am I wrong that Piscopo uh, tried to give him the, the hug that 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 uh, that uh, that uh, MCs do when they're bringing out? Absolutely, that's what he did. I really enjoyed. That. I liked that touch. That was. Nice. I did. I liked yeah. that touch. Good evening, ladies and gents. from a town so small we had a fraction for a zip code it's crushing you made a living doing this yes i did it was so small in fact, in we didn't have a godfather of crime we had a nephew
I like that you can see his the sleeves of his uniform underneath the tuxedo. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. a touch I enjoyed. That is great. It must have been hot to shoot. Oh, God, can you imagine? Wool upon wool. Okay, here's my overall... Comment. You want to keep playing? Please, go ahead. Here's my overall thing that drove me nuts about this. Um, so they program him an audience. Yes. You have Joe Piscopo, who can interact more like a human... Yep. And not to even get into Moriarty, more like a human than Data can. Mm-hmm. And then you program an audience, and the computer doesn't know where the end of a joke is. Uh, I feel like, even though computer, also they have a drum, uh, you know, a rim shot. I feel like the computer like gets worse the more people it makes. It's like running out of specificity is like oh I don't know what to do with it. I'm running I don't out of the memory I'm out of RAM I'm buffering um, it also supports my theory that the computer is just a dick it's fucking with data I'm cursing a lot in this episode I apologize data's so sad it was a holodeck audience they were programmed to laugh at everything perhaps I should reprogram the audience to display a more accurate response. Data, let me give you one. Being able to make people laugh or being able to laugh is not the end all and be all of being human. No, but there is nothing more uniquely human. Until the virus got us all, obviously. Guinan, where are your eyebrows? <laughs> That's a long story well, that I don't have time to get into. Cryptic, cryptic, cryptic. Separated. I'm under my own power now. Thank you, Enterprise. Thank you, Captain Picard. Goodbye, Captain O'Connor. Bye, Captain O'Connor. Say goodbye, Data. Goodbye, Data. <laughs> <laughs> Was that funny? <laughs> Accessing. Huh. Burns and Allen, Roxy Theater, New York City, 1932. It still works. That's fine. <laughs> then there was the one about the girl in the nudist colony that nothing looked good on. We're ready to get underway, sir. Take my wharf, please. Warp speed, sir. Please. I like ending a show with that kind of a moment because the original series did that a lot more than this one. They certainly did. As a matter of fact, I think there was there was an original series episode where Kirk goes get at warp speed quickly. I don't remember what it was. And it was something similar where it was like, this is awkward. And I, even in the original is it one. Is the trouble with triples? It might have. Mm, I don't think so. Even though it seems like that would be that high comedy. I mean, the Trouble Tribbles is like the funny episode, you know? It's like... But I'll say the same thing bothered me about that ending and joke is this one, although this one's got a lighter touch and they don't say it, which is you're still going to be sitting with this guy telling the jokes whether you're warp speed or not. The show's just over. (laughs) It's so silly. Um, Hang on. I... Well, you're looking it up, Matt. Yes, sir. Cat Walsh from England writes us... Uh, as a Brit, after today's podcast, reminding you to clarify uh, one thing for you. It's super generous to Cliff Richard to describe him as a lame uh, Elvis, to be honest. 
He had a more Donny Osmond Christian vibe. His most famous song over here is Summer Holiday. Sorry. And the aforementioned, I thought you were playing some Chris Chris, Chris Cliff Richard. And the aforementioned Mistletoe and Wine, which is still trotted out every year to exacerbate everyone's uh, seasonal affective disorder. Um, He is also a confirmed bachelor, in quotes, a.k.a. closeted. So he was never able to have the sex appeal factor of Elvis as his heart was never in it. I hope that's just (laughs) just a fact and not theory. Um, And then the other question she had was, uh, you Americans don't have meat pies? Not really. Uh, No, we don't. I I know you don't have pastries, but geez, we have pastries. Uh, Do you not have meat wrapped pastries? We have empanadas, but it's not the same thing. Pasties or pasties. Oh, pasties. Not not pastry. I did. I did. She knows we have pastry. What are pasties? Uh, They're a cake. Other than the Um, lingerie. And I only knew about them from Carl Pilkington. Uh, Pasties, I think they're called. Uh, Sounds like something Carl Pilkington would say. (laughs) Uh, England. Today, by the way, we found out Jeff Garland is a Trekkie of sorts. That's what he says. He said he'll be on the uh, podcast I find it unlikely, but well, we'll see. You know, we just can't. Uh, Cornish uh, pasty uh, is filled with beef, sliced and diced potato, sweet. It's like a, it's like a knish. Hmm. Sounds nice. It does sound nice. Let me go for meat pies. Let's open up a meat pie shop. Engineering, Mister Scott. Where are the triples? I use the transporter, Captain. You use the transporter? Aye. Well, where did you transport? Scott, you didn't transport them into space, did you? Captain Kirk, that'd be inhuman. Well, where are they? I gave them a very good home, sir. Where? I gave them to the Klingons, sir. Gave them to the Klingons? Aye, sir. Before they went into warp, I transported the whole kit and caboodle into the air engine room, where there'll be no Tribble at all. Tribble. <laughs> sure, really. See, there you go. Sure, I love That's them. how you end a trek with a laugh. Yeah. They very rarely do it, don't they? Oh, on the originals? No, on, on this the one. Next Generation? They never next do generation. it. They never do it. I mean, I, I guess I get it. I want to set a different tone. They just like, I think they, and they also had access to whimsy music that uh, I feel like the whole. <laughs> you think that would have been a big stumbling block? <laughs> we just can't get whimsical music to end this show. Uh, oh, well. Someone write gonna... us wind- whimsical music, please. Just have him say engage again. Uh, all right. That is the end of uh, this episode. We are going to now, I think we'll do all the business of the episode and then stay tuned for some uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation theater. Andy. Yeah. It's time to give this episode an MVC. MVC, you say? I sure do. 
Oh, what's going on? Oh, I see. He paid $17.01 for this not to happen. I don't know what's happening. And here we are. Andy doesn't know what's You're happening. Not plugged in? Did You're you turn me off? You're very plugged in. I didn't turn you off at all. All right. Well, my, all right. There's oh, something wrong with my thing. I did not do anything. I, and it clicked on. This is not on me. It's on technology. In fairness, it's my technology, but still. Well, oh, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. even cares uh crew is never in danger the most valuable crew member here i i have to say is uh o'connor jordy (laughs) what did jordy do fix something (laughs) i guess we do have to reduce it to that if nobody's in danger it's like well who is the most efficient in this episode (laughs) and jordy's the only one who did anything it's crazy uh, right? So Riker doesn't really do anything. Deanna Troy is completely she's at an all time high level of useless. She like at the, when Yanar and those and like the the girl and everybody else were like saying, This is what's going on. Wait, no, this is the truth. She she basically comments, Now we're hearing some truth. <laughs> like you couldn't have said anything earlier about what was actually going on? It's it's uh <sighs> whatever. So, it's not Troy. Does Picard do anything of use? Mm-mm, no. I don't like this episode. No, Andy, I believe we know. All right, give it to Jordy. Jordy, oh, wait a minute. Oh no, Worf. Yes, I'm listening. he maintains order. He goes and gets O'Connor and brings him up. Uh huh. He gets the other uh, the other knife from Okana. He knew he didn't have it. He knew he had it. He knew he was hiding it. <laughs> was uh-huh. Okana going to kill anybody? Not necessarily, but uh, he was doing his job real well. Okay, okay. So I say we were going to we starting to split up points. So I at least say give something to uh, to Worf. Why don't we split it down the middle? Sure. Worf and Jordy. All right, Worf Ladies and Jordy. gentlemen, Worf and Jordy are your new MVCs. Did it. All right, Andy. You know what time it is. The Andy. Exactly. Or some other method of ranking. The most on point he's ever been. <laughs> you guys should be thankful that guy paid for the no, Brittany. By the way. Yes, sir. I feel like it's a legal move if uh, since we're taking that guy's money and we're not going to play Brittany. You know, if somebody else wants to outbid him, (laughs) (laughs) we could start playing that. uh, Oops, I did it again. That's very funny. He just sent it somehow to, oh, here is our information to sttncpod at gmail.com. Yeah. We paid a PayPal through that. Oh, yeah. gmail.com And we never signed up, but you can also tweet us at um, uh, Star Trek, uh, at Star Trek The Next Conversation. That is, sorry, that's not what it is at Star Trek TNC and our Instagram is also at Star Trek TNC and our um, voicemail is 806 806 Trek TNC I'm having an aneurysm it's okay we're both shutting down it's very late it's very late 
Um, I still have to watch fucking Goldeneye for the next episode of James Bonding tonight. That sounds delightful. Do you have a guest? Matt Gorley asked me to be a guest. Uh, you will be a guest, Andy. But the, our return guest is uh, Steve Agee this year. Mm. This uh, We're bringing him back. He did Skyfall with us uh, last time around. And I said, what's Steve going to think about Pierce Brosnan? Let's find out. I might want to do Goldeneye. Uh, not Goldeneye. Um, Goldfinger, if you get to it. It's oh, my favorite. We're always going to get to it. It's Goldfinger. Come on. Um, uh, or I guess I meant if you haven't already gotten to it. Uh, the Andes. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, you played it. You played the theme. You don't need to No, say, I know. Oh, I'm saying... Oh, how many Andes are you yeah, giving it? I haven't rated it. That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even... I have an answer. What's yours? Uh, I give it... Do we give it zero? No, I'm not giving it zero. No, but I mean, can you give it zero? You can give something zero, Andes. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, three Andes. Three? And I'll tell you why. I want to hear this. I am giving it three for being lighter fare, which I occasionally need. I think the execution was piss poor, but I occasionally need a lighter fare. And, you know, I've... I've remembered the Joe Piscopo data scene since I was a child. So, I guess to me, um, for most of the episode, uh, Elementary Deer data is light or fair, and it's far more effective. Not not even mentioning uh, Naked Now, which takes so many hits, and that has a lot of light or fair in it, even though it's absurd most of the time and ridiculous. And that at least has a, a danger to the ship somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm giving this baby a half. Half an Andy. Half an Andy. Unprecedented. Just the worst. Andy, I like your attitude. Oh. My negative attitude? I like your negative attitude. (laughs) You would be the only person who gave me support on that. All right, everybody. It is time to... uh, I'm sorry. I'm fucking up now. It's time to uh, take a look at the trailer for what comes... Or I guess take a listen at the trailer for the episode that we are doing next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is loud as a whisper. And uh, here we go. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. We are all in this together. A deaf mediator hopes to bring peace to a war torn planet. No, never, never. But a sudden attack kills off his translators. Beam us up now. Destroying any chance of a ceasefire. We need you. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. Looks like the plot may be a little bit undefined in that. Looks episode. like what I would describe as community theater. Mm. The sets look terrible. The alien outfits look not great. Hopefully, when we Very see it in rent a, Planet on, of the a, Apes. on a bigger screen, maybe it'll be different. That'll yeah. be next week. Matthew? Yes. Would Andrew? you like to have a little bit of our own community theater? Oh, speaking of, yes, I would love that. Do you want to give them the backstory? So, Andy and I had a discussion on last week's podcast about the uh, paper from the Enterprise drawing that Moriarty does, not shouldn't have been able to leave the Enterprise uh, mm-hmm. holodeck. Uh, yet it goes into the hallways and it goes up the turbo lift and it ends up in the conference room and and you know it's a piece of holodeck generated paper so it should not be allowed to do that mm-hmm. i'm thinking man this is a huge oversight they really fucked up teehee i can't believe they fucked up so hard what a bunch of dummies well upon reading just a little bit further than where i stopped reading last week we discovered that 
it was, in fact, intentional. And that it was a plot point. Andy, are you excited? I am. I can't wait to read it. So this was a removed scene from the script. Um, and uh, and we'll discuss why after. Um, can I play Moriarty? Can you? May I play Moriarty? Can you play Moriarty is really... Really, the question I'd like to know, and of course, well, you I can think play it'll Moriarty. Be I will Picard. I'll play Pulaski, Moriarty. Oh, I guess I don't know. Why don't you Picard. play? I'll just play everybody except Picard. No, you play. Uh, you play Moriarty. You're gonna have to and Data, and I will play Pulaski. Sounds good. Where are we starting? We'll start at the top uh, of the script or of the scene of the scene. Which scene? So. Sixty-two. Uh, it'd be sixty-two B. 62B. Very good. Um, uh, so I'll just say the line before Picard's. Um, but <laughs> she says to Pulaski, who says, it may take years, time won't pass for you, but I may be an old woman. But I shall, I will still fill you with crumpets, madame. Weird thing to say. I detest long goodbyes. You have the arch. Another angle as Picard's eyes as Picard eyes the arch and then Moriarty as you wish a short goodbye computer save this program then discontinue it for now a beat then Moriarty and the entire enterprise uh, the entire room fade away the three are standing there on the holodeck so now picture the holodeck everybody it's black it's got a yellow grid right up to the end he never knew no he didn't no no what Pulaski says that he could leave the holodeck but that's not possible, Pulaski says. I do not know how, but for Moriarty, it was. Pulaski again. Then you lied when you told him he couldn't leave the holodeck. No, what the captain said was that we do not know how to convert holodeck matter into a more permanent form, which is true. Even after we review this program, we still may not have the answer. Doctor, even with all his assurances... That character was still Professor Moriarty. I will need to know a lot more about him before I allow him loose on my ship. He has, after all, made his reputation through cunning and deceit. But how will you know he could leave the holodeck? How do you know he could leave the holodeck? Data? Data reaches into his coat and removes the paper on which Moriarty first drew the sketch of the Enterprise. The drawing? No, the paper. This piece of paper was created as part of the holodeck illusion. If it could leave the holodeck, so too could Moriarty. I'm impressed. It is elementary, my dear doctor. It is elementary. Now, this entire scene is omitted because Picard just bald-faced lying. (laughs) Yes. Basically, Moriarty showed himself to have been evolved far past the character that was written for him. He was... Even a, just a, unless it was part of his his cunning, he's just a nice guy. He's just like totally reasonable. He's like, oh, there's no way for me to survive, eh? All right, then I guess I'm not going to kill you, so I'll just return, which is not what Moriarty would have done. So right there, Picard knows it's not the same Moriarty. A pity. What I've what I have seen, what I've learned fascinates me. I do not want to die. And then Picard lies to him, and says, I do not want to kill you. I guess he doesn't lie because he doesn't want to kill him. But he's sending him into non-existence, and then he's lying. It's, uh, I think, an excellent cut. It was an excellent cut, and Roddenberry cut it because Picard seemed like a dick, and I agree. So, huzzah, great bird of the galaxy, you got one right. 
Good job, Gene. Uh, all right, everybody. That about does it for this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation. If you like what you're hearing, be feel free to email the network and tell them we're doing a great job. What network? No network. Just kidding. <sighs> It'll be okay, Matt. Will it? Nah, who knows? <laughs> it might never be okay, Andy. <sighs> but in the meantime... <laughs> not a downbeat here. <laughs> Some of these people have to go into work after they listen to us. Uh, I'm kidding. We're great. <laughs> I can't wait for next week. I, I remember the deaf guy, and I remember his uh, Picard's sort of way of communicating with that guy. I remember as being just yelling mm-hmm. very loudly at, at the deaf man. Uh-huh. Uh, and and uh, his diplomacy doesn't reach yeah. into deaf people. I apparently. would describe it as over exaggerated uh, hand gestures. Uh-huh. It's really it's really a hoot. What is the, what's the politically correct term for a hearing impaired? Wait, deaf is not, I, I can't say deaf anymore? I don't know. I'm, if, whatever. Uh, we probably have a very Can low. I say deaf? Deaf? Yeah. Dory's here. Describing a person without hearing. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. I don't hearing, know. I hearing was impaired wondering, is, is the, hearing impaired the... What's the pol- what's the politically correct way to say it? You know, Matt, I have to assume that our our listenership amongst the hearing impaired is very small. So, That's exactly what I was going to say. No, oh, I'm sorry. Did I cut off your joke? No, but I was just going to say, no one listening to this is deaf. Aren't there transcripts of podcasts? No, this better. is the most better boring be. conversation. They're better not. I'm out of this. I'm out of here. Hey, take me with you. I don't want to be in this either. Oh Jesus. Anyway. Go down to the holodeck. I'm not certain what that noise is. Is that? Is, am I scanning? I'm scanning for something. I think an old school trek. An old school tricorder. No. Is that a replicator? That now I'm scanning. Uh, now I'm doing a medical scan. An old school trek. Am I correct about that? And that's not sure. So satisfying those sounds. I feel like I've been beamed down to <gasps> Kirk. Disengage.